Ooh. Ooh. I'm T-Bone, and we're on with J-Bone. <laughs> we're back. It's we're J back. and D-Bone, everybody. J and D-Bone. I don't know. I don't I don't think D-Bone is the same. It's not It's not going to have the same effect. It's not giving the same zhuzh as J-Bone does. So I think that you're right, yeah. I feel like it's just Darren and J-Bone. Yeah. And uh, we're on we'll opposite We'll come up with coast. something. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Um, we're on opposite coast today. I, I miss That's you right. from here. I miss you, I miss you too. I do feel like you're on the other side of the country. You know, even though I'm in Maryland and you're usually in New York, like I feel a sense of connection, like electromagnetism. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a little weaker this week. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Wow. Last wow. couple right. days. Well, hopefully I... we can get through this yeah. murder um, I know. and through everything. So Wait. it's a little bit early here for me to. That's right. Vibing. I just want to say, I know it's nighttime for you. That's and right. you're done with work and everything. So you probably <laughs> yes. have the clear to go. But I just want to warn everyone, because it's still kind of smack dab in my work day, um, <laughs> I unfortunately am L.A. sober, and I didn't yeah. smoke weed. I just, I'm sober sober right now, but I will smoke Great. weed eventually. I'm just drinking water. Sorry. Just That's fine. Water. I'm having coffee because I'm going to play tennis tonight after slow we there. record. Yep. Slow, slow down. Slow it on down. Daredevils. Okay. Slow it on down. But I'm really upset because I'm out of my creamer. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. first it's world like, problems don't you wish we lived in a world where you like had a car you could go and you could down. drive to yeah. like get well, kramer let me tell you this i go out i i leave my house every day for lunch because i cannot sit at sit at home in my home all day long so i always make a plan go get like you know a little sandwich nearby somewhere something like that sure and on my way back, I was like, oh, my God, I'm out of creamer. Because I like to have coffee usually around, like, 4 o'clock. And then again later after work. Um, You're not a morning coffee drinker? No. No. And I'll get to that in a second. Yes. Um, but usually after work, if I have tennis or something, I'll have another, like, half of a cup just to get me boosted and going, you know? Sure. For my match, even though that doesn't really make sense because it's a it's caffeinated, which is dehydrating, which is not what you want to be doing. But it works for me. OK, let me live. Sure. Oh, fair. So fair. I'm on my way home. There's a dollar store on the way home. And I'm like, they which, probably which, have creamer. By the way, they up their prices to like a dollar twenty five. I heard the streets are talking and people are. I think. Yeah. Wasn't that Dollar Tree or something? That's yeah. like everything is actually truly a dollar there. But now it's one twenty five. Well, this was a regular old Dollar General, and I popped in really quickly, and they were replacing their refrigerators, you know, like the coolers or whatever in there, and they didn't have any creamer, and I had to get home and get back to work. So, I mean, that's got to be you got to report the devastating bus, business bureau or something. I, I know, I should, I really should. Before we keep going, bridge, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just to to wrap that thought up because I forgot. Mornings, I wake up like dry and dehydrated, and I immediately need like a lot of water. So, hot drinks for me in the mornings, especially, don't really work. Um, they feel more dehydrating than like an ice water, or I usually mm -hmm. just have like juice. Or lately, I've I mean, this might be weird, but I've been having LaCroix with my mm -hmm. breakfast, you know, a nice little seltzer water. Um, so that's why I don't drink hot drinks in the morning. But I don't want to keep going because I want to go back to you saying welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. Yeah. Is that wrong? No, I, I like loved it. I was it. bringing out like the hot topic. 
No, I love, love it. In May. Okay. And I want you to know that you need to start every episode that way. Shaken and disturbed. <laughs> or should we do something where I start the show? Because tr- traditionally you start the show, but maybe yeah. I start the show and I'm like, welcome to Shaken. And then you chime in with. And disturbed. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's right. try that next time. Okay. All right. We've got it. Should we. All right. Should we get into the space yeah. case with your yeah. coffee and my water, like two hardcore kids? Yes, coffee in hand, um, ready to roll. Let's get into this episode. Let's do it. So Mark Niederbrock, I'm hoping I'm saying that name right, and his wife yeah. Deborah Kelly lived in Farmville, Virginia with their daughter Emma. Now, for most of us around mine and Darren's age, Darren, what did you think when you thought Farmville? I thought um, the Facebook game that everyone was obsessed with like 10 years ago. Okay, yeah. Because I, okay, so obviously, as we all know from my like lack of Animal Crossing tech <laughs> gaming shit, except the Oculus. Right. Um, I, I was like, is Farmville a game? I was like, is it part yeah. of Sims? I, I couldn't oh. remember it. So it made me think of Animal Crossing, but I think I just forgot that Farmville was a game. You just reminded me that you one day, I think on the show, you were like, are you still playing Farmville? And I was like, honey, what? Like, I don't play Facebook games. No shade to people who do. I'm just saying, like, I don't have time to sit on Facebook and play games right now. You're just better than that. I'm just better and above it. Totally above it. Um, And then I realized you were talking about Animal Crossing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that? Yeah, I do have time to play that. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're like, so just to be clear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so back to this story. Mark worked as a pastor at Walker's Presbyterian Church, and Deborah worked as a professor at Longwood University. And Darren, I'm from Appalachia, which is where this is all taking place, and I had never heard of Longwood. So I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit to add. I haven't either. There's so many university though, so many universities out there that I've never heard of that are just fantastic and great, which I think probably just goes to show how maybe off kilter <laughs> our education system is especially in college but yeah, yeah. i never heard of longwood either so yeah well as a teenager emma the child was a homeschooled student with bright pink hair and a taste for horror core music let me try to say mm-hmm. that again horror core music which i have never heard of horror core by the way megan reproduced today's episode did the research this feels like right up her alley so she she says she sent us some information here. Horrorcore is a subgenre of hip hop and rap music whose lyrics often have slasher movie like lyrics, often feature supernatural and occult themes, and generally focus heavily on being dramatically scary in a horror movie sort of way. For reference, and here's a great reference, Insane Clown Posse, which I think most of us are aware of, yeah. is probably the best-known horrorcore band. A lot of Eminem's older work could also be considered horrorcore, although he's moved away from the genre in recent years. I, that paints I, a good I, picture, because now I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people know ICP, Insane Clown Posse, right. but also, I'm not a fan of this genre. I just tend to not usually like this type of music. No shade to the type of music. It's just not yeah. in my alley, but... I will say to me, if you're like, because I think the Eminem's like older work is a little surprising to people. I feel like horrorcore is one of those things. It's like porn. It's like, you know it when you see it. Yeah, that's you a good know, way to put it. You know it when you hear it. And yeah, I you know like when you hear it. And horrorcore has this like really specific type of like yeah. screamy kind of genre. I remember when Megan was doing the research for this, I think she wrote us in the email about this and she was like, 
this case is particularly sad because I would have been friends with all these people in high Aww. school. This is Megan speaking to this, and yeah. I'm assuming Megan kind of knows a lot about uh, horrorcore and is interested in horrorcore. So just giving you a little color commentary on that. I feel like it's we know it yeah. when we see it type of genre. When is Megan going to get involved in the Rocky Horrorcore picture show? Oh is my what God. I would Rocky like to know. Rocky Horrorcore. God, yeah, horrorcore. Yeah, it is hard to say. Well, although she liked listening to this kind of music, Emma also liked the Backstreet Boys and playing soccer, as did I, and as of did course. you, Darren, I feel like, yep, in some capacity. Absolutely. Of course, you were soccer lover, like, 69, or whatever you were. Uh, um, why are you adding 69? I had no numbers. <laughs> I had no numbers. Okay, it was just soccer lover? Yeah, soccer star, bitch. Oh, soccer star. Soccer yes, star. Wait, was I soccer lover? God, I think I was soccer lover. Were. Because, and here's the thing. Didn't play soccer. I can't remember one time playing it. I just right. loved the soccer, the boys' soccer team, to be I completely was honest. Say, like, and we all know where you got that name from. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah. Emma's mom, Deborah, seemed pretty supportive of her daughter. She frequently bought Emma and her friend, brought them, sorry, brought Emma and her friends to music festivals to enjoy their favorite bands. Darren, again, another similarity. You love a music festival. I do. Not that my parents are buying That's me tickets true. to go see those music festivals, but yeah. yes. In 2008, 15-year-old Emma became involved with an older boy she had met at a horrorcore music festival in San Diego, 20-year-old 20, uh, Richard Samuel Alden McCroskey III, or Sam. Thank God, because Thank I'm not God. saying Richard Samuel I'm not Alden saying McCroskey III. No. Yeah, that's a no, lot. No, absolutely not. Sam was a quiet kid who spent a lot of time in his room playing video games, designing web pages, and writing and composing music. Sam was also very into horrorcore music and was even an inspiring, an aspiring musician himself. He wrote and recorded music under the stage name Psycho Sam. That's S-Y-K-O, in case yeah. anyone wants to research. It also kind of looks like Sicko, but it's Psycho. Oh, Just good point. That, but yeah. it's the way that it's spelled that makes it Psycho. Maybe it, it is Sicko, though. Who knows? I don't think so, but I think that's probably, yeah. like... Uh, Something good, to think about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, according to Sam's sister, Sarah, after meeting Emma at the concert, the two spent so much time on the phone together that Sarah had to buy herself a cell phone. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming here maybe this is still landline for them, you know, like, I don't know. But anyway, it was enough for, for his sister to be like, I'm going to go get my own phone. See you later. So both Sam and Sarah had been bullied relentlessly in high school, mostly due to their weight and red hair, to the point that they had both mm. dropped out, which is absolutely heartbreaking. Sarah later commented, it broke our confidence and we grew up a, uh, with a lot of insecurities. I always fought back, but Sammy was way too passive. He didn't say anything, end quote. Oh, that's, that's really sad. It uh, is. It's just, kids are cruel. I mean, that's the thing, too, is that Kids, I think, in general are cruel because they don't really understand the social and societal, yeah. you know, pressure implications. or implications yeah. of it. Like, I think in general, I just think that kids tend to be really honest for yeah. better or for worse. And they don't understand the social niceties of how to kind of behave. Like, people yeah. are always trying to be like, we got to end bullying in school. I'm like, there's certain bullying in school, though, I just don't think we're ever going to be able to eradicate, unfortunately, because right. that's just kids being kids. Like, as shitty as it is, like, I got made fun of all the time for, like, not having big boobs, you know, and that's horrible, and that's bad, and there's nothing I could do about it. It's And yeah. part of it is, like, we want to encourage people to be the best selves that they can be, but part of it, part of me is just kind of like, kids are just going to be kids. Kids can be mean. 
Yeah, they can be. I definitely was bullied a lot too, like through middle school because my voice was a little higher than most sure. kids. And like I would call, I think I've said this on the show before, like I would call the local record store before you could streamed everything and could go buy records because I was obsessed with music as a kid. And I would be like, do you have the new, I, I specifically remember the album. It was, I, I called and asked if they had the new Alanis Morissette album, oh, yeah. supposed former infatuation junkie, by the way. And uh, the woman was like, um, one second, ma'am, let me go and check, which isn't yeah. bullying. But like when you're no, like 12 like, years old, that's kind of like, oh, God, do you think I'm a woman? Like what's going on here? Especially as like a man, I'm sure that's really, really hard. I mean, for me, I think if I want like someone called me sir the other day and I feel like that would have given me a complex as I was coming out. Because when you're coming out, you're like, I was just going to say that. Do I look too lesbian? Of Am course. I this? Am I that? That's like, my point. Yes. And I think I think instead of focusing sort of on like eradicating bullying because I just don't <clears throat> think we're going to be able to do that. I think we have to encourage other people to be really good friends when those bullies totally. do step in and stand up for those people. You know, I totally agree. And yes, I should have mentioned that that part of it that you just said, the sexuality, you know, being going through puberty, especially for guys whose voices change and, you know, having that insecurity on top of what I knew was that I was a little bit of a different kid. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. And I want to say the last thing I want to say is that you know, I recently read some quotes from Barack Obama, actually, who was very much anti-bullying. I think there might have even been some kind of bill passed during his administration. But he made an interesting point that a lot of parents think that bullying is a rite of passage. And mm -hmm. while, like, to your point, Darren, like, yes, there will always be some level of bullying. That is the... And I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying exactly. But you made a it is proven. Yeah. Yes, and you've made a great point though. And what you were just saying is like it's probably not going to get eradicated, but we should encourage kids and people and even the adults involved to be friendly to each other and try to systematically break down the reasonings behind what happens in bullying. But the reality is, kids are very hormonal and emotional, and um you know, at least through middle school and of course high school. And, and that kind of stuff is going to come up naturally. And it's really about how can we give kids the tools to handle, you know, criticism, frankly, right. you know, and that's so, I think what we have to focus on is not eradicating something that I think is impossible, not to say that it's not shitty, but I think we need yeah. to give kids the tools to maybe not be passive and really say that like, you're, right. you know, like maybe you have red hair or maybe you have doing boobs or maybe you have one arm or whatever it is, or you're short or you have high pitched voice. Like you have to teach them to love themselves no matter what. And I think we should focus and of course, on that a little bit more. And of course, you eventually, you know, grew up and now you have a big D cup. So it's like perfect. You Huge know, look at them now. now. Look, look at, at you better. now. Yeah, it gets, it gets better. better. Well, All right. Uh, back to the show here. About a year into Sam and Emma's relationship, the two decided to meet up to attend another festival. This time, this one was in Michigan. On Monday, September 6th, 2009, 21-year-old Sam. Uh, we're the same age, Sam and I. Oh, okay. Interesting. To give Got you guys it. some sort of context. So he's mm -hmm. 34 now. 21-year-old Sam left his home in Castro Valley, California to board a flight to Richmond International Airport. The day after Sam left California, Emma posted to his MySpace page saying, next time you check your MySpace, you'll be at my house. I love you so, so much, baby, forever and for always. God, this really brings me back. Oh, like, my God. My flirting days when I was, like, dating boys and stuff. And, like, what mm. would my AIM conversation read now? Right. Or who would be in your top eight on MySpace? Right. You well, had a MySpace, I'm assuming, right? Not really. I mean, like, a no? little bit, but not really. That wasn't. I've yeah. just never been, like, 
a great internet person, to be honest with no, you. No, I get but, that. Yeah. You know, I just like never clung to it in the same way. I love to aim and stuff like that. But sure. never like, you know, I'm not on Reddit now, which is kind of what I would consider. <laughs> if you were on MySpace then, I yeah. feel like you're on Reddit now because you're like good at the internet and you can learn how to like code and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. One quick tip for anyone who's listening who had MySpace. You can go to MySpace.com now slash whatever your username was and most of your content is still there, mine included. I'm not going to give you my URL. Don't ask. But boy, oh boy, looking back at some of those photos, because I used to upload photos there the way like, you know, because we it was a way to put photos in a cloud in a sense, because you could put albums on MySpace. And I was like, at least there, I don't have to worry about my computer crashing. This is long before iCloud. So check out your MySpace page if you're old like me and had it when like 2005. So God, that go. let's like. It's like cringe. Like the <laughs> I know. Cringe is yeah. to like look at stuff like that. Um, I know. I know. Well, anyway, well, when he landed, he was picked up by 16-year-old Emma and her mom Deborah on Thursday, September 10th. 53-year-old Deborah, along with a now with her now estranged husband, 50-year-old Mark Niederbrock, drove Emma, Sam, and Emma's friend, 18-year-old Melanie Wells, over 10 hours. From Farmville to Southgate, Michigan, to attend the Strictly for the Wicked Music Festival. These are some committed parents, let me tell you. Well, listen, I mean, Farmville, Virginia, all the way up to Southgate, Michigan, that is... I would never do that. When I was in high school, we took... This is a very nostalgic episode, I think. I keep bringing things up from the past, but... When I was in high school, I took a band trip once and we were in a fucking bus from Western Maryland to Orlando, Florida. Wow. And then again, the next year to New Orleans, Louisiana in another bus. And I'm like, I look back at that now and I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why didn't my mom just buy me a plane ticket? I would never do that now just so you know i mean listen nothing against it but it's like who wants to be in a smelly bus for 24 hours young kids young Young kids kids that's right well melanie was from inwood west virginia which is about a three hour what north of farmville i know where inwood west virginia is well sweetie i mean not for nothing but west virginia is not that big well that's true but it's It's not that far away from where I am right now. I didn't realize that. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, several years prior, Melanie had dropped out of high school, but was in the process of studying for her equivalency diploma. I guess her, like, uh, GED. I guess that's kind of the equivalent. Uh, Friends knew Melanie as a girl who was full of character and imagination. She sported the kind of optimism that didn't leave a – that that left a sky-sweet taste in your mouth. Okay. Interesting. interesting (laughs) – way to put it that's a quote uh from some of her friends i don't know why they would say i've never heard of something a sky sweet a sky taste, sweet but taste it does evoke i don't it know does. like cotton candy and rainbows kind of yeah, thing for me yeah for sure i want to also just say um i just looked it up inwood is only an hour and 20 minutes from my house right now i could drive there if we wanted to darren well, come take a trip Well, on her MySpace page, Melanie listed her favorite music artists as Backstreet Boys, Aaron Carter, Marilyn Manson, and Cradle of Filth. Mm. Under uh, movies, she liked The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but also Pretty in Pink. Now, this is is just, this kind of just goes to show that there's like, I don't know, I would say a generic version of like everyone probably liked the Backstreet Boys. I mean, I did. Like, it's like a generic thing that kind of everyone likes. 
And yeah. then, you know, I think people look at it as like, oh, Marilyn Manson. It's like, okay, yeah, but I like folk music and I like classical. Like, they're all just different subsets of like yeah. outside of your normal pop. So it doesn't seem Absolutely. that weird to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we should mention um, Megan, who again did the research, added a little addendum to this particular part of the research. And she says, quote, four of my absolute favorites, speaking about the music artist. And she said, I would have loved this girl. All right, Megan, I don't know if you're going to love her by the end of the episode, Megan, but let's let's just take it one line at a time, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but at some point during the trip, Sam saw some text messages on Emma's phone, presumably between her and another guy. Sam believed that he and Emma were exclusive and became very angry upon seeing these messages, mm. as men do. Yeah. The music festival well, took place... as as people do. Women It's true. No, you're right. You're right. Get jealous. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fair. The music festival took place all day on September 12th, and the group drove back to Farmville together on Sunday, September 13th. So they're driving all the way up here for a one-day thing and then going back the very next day. Something sounds sus about this. I don't know why. It does seem a little sussy. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you don't just drive across the country for a one-day music festival with 18-year-olds. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. On Sunday evening, Melanie made a a post to MySpace that she had arrived safely back in Virginia and had planned to head home to Inwood on that Wednesday. (laughs) I'm fucking that up. Let me try one more time. Yeah, just say, wait, wait, let me see. The Sunday is September 13th. Monday is the 14th, 15th, 16th. So just say Wednesday, September 16th. Yeah, because then the next line is about the 17th, so that makes sense. Okay. Well, on Sunday evening, Melanie made a post to MySpace that she had arrived safely back in Virginia and had planned to head home to Inwood on Wednesday, September 16th. In the meantime, she would stay at Deborah's home with Emma and Sam. Well, around two in the afternoon on Thursday, September 17th, Melanie's mom called Emma's dad, Mark, concerned about Melanie. She told Mark that Melanie hadn't returned home yet and was having trouble reaching her. Not a good sign. Mark let his own mother know that he planned to visit Deborah and Emma's house to see if they had any idea where Melanie might be. Just before midnight on September 17th, a Farmville police officer arrived at Deborah's home to check on Melanie after her mother spent the rest of the day unable to reach her. Mm. Emma's boyfriend, Sam, answered the door and told the police officer that Melanie was at the movies. Hmm. That's not adding up. About an hour later, around 1 a.m. on Friday, September 18th, Sam called Farmville police back, telling them he'd heard a strange noise in the basement and asked if someone could come by and check on it. Okay, this is getting very sus very quickly. Interesting. Okay, well, so as far as the police know at this point, they think that Melanie might just be at the movies. The movies, yeah. hasn't heard from her in a while. Well, two officers arrived at Deborah's house and followed Sam to the basement. The officers did a sweep of the area, and although they found the basement covered in animal excrement, they found nothing else of note and left the home. And to be fair, people who don't have, like, finished basements, like... Yeah. That, this is not that crazy. Like, no. there's so many apartment buildings in Manhattan where it's, like, there's storage units in the basement, and there's, like, rat droppings there because it's a fucking basement. So I don't really think that that's, like, that sus to me. I'm just yeah. saying that. I am. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I am curious, though. What animal exactly? Was there a pet involved? Is right. it mice or rat droppings? Or, you right. know, God forbid, what if it's a shark droppings? Then well, it's a just... whole other story. 
well then we if we have shark droppings in a basement, yeah. we have we have a lot of issues to uncover, like you know, that's maybe right. the entirety of marine biology. But that's right. Just a few hours later at four twenty AM, Sam had another run in with the police. This time Sam got a car he was driving stuck in a ditch, and a Prince Edward County deputy issued Sam a ticket for driving without a license. Police later learned the car Sam was driving belonged to Emma's father, Mark. And a tow truck driver named Elton Napier was called out to help remove the car from the ditch because Sam didn't have a license. The vehicle had to be impounded, and Elton then offered Sam a ride to a nearby gas station so he could figure out travel. Quote, Sam was really smelling bad, like real bad. I can't describe it, stated Elton in a later interview with CNN, recounting how he started gagging from the odor and immediately had to open the windows when Sam entered the truck. There's all kind of a, a lot maybe to unpack here. I yeah. Mean, for someone to feel like that they were, you know, there's people who don't have maybe the best hygiene. Um, and yeah. whether it's a socioeconomic thing or just general, they don't like to have as much hygiene as other people. Like there's right. a lot of kind of implications here. So I'm trying not to like make sure. fun of the smelly kid. There's like a lot of mental health things that are kind of involved with um, your hygiene. And so right sure. now in this story, how I'm feeling, I just kind of feel sad and bad. Totally. And also, I mean, the thing is, obviously, if this is his friend, he's going to know what his, like, every day of the week kind of smell is. You know what I mean? Like, if this is out of the ordinary, he seems to be, you know, taking note of that. Well, quote, I just held my head out the window so the wind would hit me in the face. That was the stinkiest rascal I've ever (laughs) smelled. I'm not making fun of Sam here. I just think no. stinkiest rascal is a funny. That's a funny description, yeah. Stinky is one of those words that is what it is. Like, you can't, like, stinky is a stinky word. Stinky it is really stinky. is. It really is. It's yeah. also funny when adults, especially podcasters, I think, say it. I don't know. Stinky. Something funny about stinky. It's just fun to say stinky. Yeah. Well, on the four-mile drive to the gas station, <laughs> Sam told Elton that he was in town visiting his girlfriend and that her father had lent him the car. When they arrived, Sam grabbed a black bag out of the impounded car before leaving. Okay. So around at around 6 a.m. By the way, Melanie is nowhere to be found. Still um, not yet. Yeah, not yeah. yet. At around 6 a.m., Sam stopped at a Huddle House restaurant in Farmville to have breakfast. A server later recalled seeing Sam and asking why he seemed so tired, and he responded that he had been awake for days. At 8.20 a.m., Sam called a taxi, and driver Curtis Gibson picked him up to bring him to Richmond Airport about an hour away. Oh, oh, the airport. Where are you going? During the ride, the two men talked about the music festival in Michigan and Sam's relationship with Emma. Sam had specifically noted that he and Emma had argued over text messages during his visit. At one point during the ride, Curtis, the driver, got pulled over for speeding. During this unplanned stop, Sam smoked a cigarette. Curtis later recalled that aside from smelling particularly foul, Sam seemed perfectly normal. Well, Sam arrived at the airport where he remained trying to rebook his flight. Then around 1 p.m., he was still at the airport trying to get a flight home. His original plane ticket back to California was issued for two days later. Remember, he's not from from Virginia. But Sam didn't have enough money to cover the airline's $150 rebooking fee. So meanwhile, in Farmville... nightmare. I know. It is. Meanwhile, in Farmville, police returned to Deborah's home at around 3 p.m. after receiving another phone call from Melanie's mom, who still had no idea where her daughter was. I mean, this is now turning into days, essentially. A nightmare. Yeah. Upon approaching the home, officers were met with a strange smell... 
that they believed might be a decomposing body. Officers were able to enter the house at around 4 p.m., at which time they found three bodies. Mm. Police immediately obtained a search warrant to re-enter and then found a fourth body, and the four bodies belonged to Deborah, Mark, Emma, and Melanie. So I will say, whenever I was looking at this research, I was like, this is definitely like... I felt like it was going to be like the boyfriend murders the girlfriend. And then seeing this, I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. For me, actually, the first thing I'm thinking is how did he subdue four people? Totally. Yeah. If it's one person, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We're still kind of That's true. this case. Well, authorities immediately identified Sam as the prime suspect in the four murders, of course. As they right. pieced together the events of the evening, investigators were able to put together the following timeline. So late in the evening of September 14th, Sam, still upset with Emma for her correspondence with another guy via text message that we know, drank beer, smoked weed, tends to be a common, I think, response to being upset. Coping mechanism, if you will. Sure. He then attacked each of the three sleeping women in the house with him. Emma, Melanie, and Deborah were each killed around 3 a.m. on September 15th, all within a very short period of time. Sam killed Melanie first as she slept on the sofa in the downstairs den. Next, he killed Deborah in a bedroom upstairs. Finally, he killed his girlfriend, Emma, as she slept in her downstairs bedroom. Sam killed each of the women by bludgeoning them to death with a mm. wood-splitting maul and, and ball-peen hammer, all f which is disgusting. Ugh. All four bodies were found bludgeoned beyond recognition, although none were dismembered. I'm going to just let me finish these details, and then I want to get yeah. to some stuff here. A medical examiner later determined that none of the women had any defensive wounds, indicating that they were likely still asleep when attacked and simply never woke up. Now, I have kind of a lot of questions here because I don't know. Like, if first off, it seems like a very odd thing to kind of just go from being, like, upset at text messages yeah you smoke weed and drink which is common this is not this is not to say anything college about kids beer. do this all the time yeah and adults do this all the time and adults, i do yeah. this all the time like okay fair there you go it doesn't it's just like a very huge leap to be like yeah. i'm upset let me just go kill all these women and then this guy like it just seems it just seems like a slight stretch i'm not saying that he didn't do it but like these timeline this timeline of events just seems a little sussy to me because also they're bludgeoned to death right like a wood splitting mall and a ball peen hammer horrible items to use sure. horrible items to use but it does feel like okay you get one blow Let's say you get one blow and you kind of kill them instantly. You know, not to yeah. be graphic here, but you kind of no, hit the right yeah. organ and you can kind of go down. But there's no sound. No one hears anything. Three people are killed and they're just, there's not one defensive wound. They don't, I don't know. It just seems so like almost the perfect crime to kind of be committed with this. I totally hear you. And I, I think the same thing. I'm like, how could all of this unfold so perfectly, you know, right. for these three people? We haven't even gotten to the dad, Mark, yet. But I don't know. I mean, as graphic and horrible as this is going to sound, like, you know, if it's, what was it, the bludgeoned, what was the, the thing, the axe the, or something? Yeah, wood splitting mall and a blood and a ball peen hammer. I mean, you know, I'm assuming you take that one time to the head, you're done. What noise would there be? Right. But he's gonna I mean, get it right. He's gonna get it right on three separate. Well, that's events. true. Like right. exactly. Like 
I don't know. People get punched in the face. They get pistol whipped. And they, and I'm not saying that this is unbelievable. I'm not saying that, like, Sam's not guilty. I'm saying yeah. that, like, it just seems too perfect. It does. I agree with you completely. You know? anyway. Well, well, we'll get to here now. We'll get to Mark because when Mark arrived at Deborah's home at around 5 p.m. on September 17th, three days after the women were murdered, Sam attacked him with the same mall in the living room. Sam then moved Mark and Melanie's bodies into Emma's room, at which time he attempted to clean up the blood-soaked den. So here's another, you know, Darren, uh, contributing more to your theory here. All it took was one attack, one little thing for this guy, too. And this is, you know, a man, you know, who I'm assuming would be a little little bit bit more. more. And awake. Yeah, and awake. That's right. That's right. Well, at some point over the days he lived at the house, Sam used a digital camera to record himself. In the video, Sam made it clear that he was aware of his actions, knew he would eventually have to pay for what he'd done, and contemplated suicide. Ooh, this gives me such weird chills. Like, thinking that he was recording while these bodies were just laying around. Ugh. Cringe, yeah. Authorities also found that a meat cleaver and knife were missing from the home, although they did not believe either weapon was used in the murders. At around 11.30 a.m. on Saturday, September 19th, police found Sam at Richmond Airport sleeping in the baggage claim area. Authorities were able to arrest him uh, without incident, and while being led to jail, Sam told reporters, quote, Jesus made me do it. Which, okay, thinking about, you know, the horror core and all the obsession with with this kind of culture, it kind of is sort of on track to hear that he would sort of blame Jesus, who is like the complete opposite, the purity, you know, there's a lot of pure imagery in terms of the religion. So that, that kind of tracks, but Sam's sister, Sarah was in total disbelief when she found out about her brother's actions. Quote, he was extremely passive. So just hearing that my brother is the main suspect really blows my mind. End quote. Remember, she had talked earlier about how they were bullied as children and he was the one that couldn't stand up for himself. He seems like the guy that just like kept it inside. Yeah. And I think that that builds up horribly oh, yeah. over time, unfortunately, which is why therapy exists for people. That's a great point. Yes. However, Sam's calm demeanor during his arrest seemed oddly in keeping with the numerous other interactions he'd had with the police just at just after the murders happened, Sam had remained calm, never acting suspicious. In total, Sam was charged with six counts of capital murder, as authorities later decided that they believed him guilty of killing several other people within the past three years. So, not only this, Darren, you know, not only, the, you know, everything going down in this house, now police are saying he's connected with all these other people as well. I guess I kind of want to see the evidence there for that. Me too, um... yeah. I don't know. On September 20th, 2010, Sam pled guilty to each of the four murders of Mark, Deborah, Emma, and Melanie and was sentenced to life in prison. Sam chose not to make a statement during sentencing. Deborah's parents, Thomas and Margaret Kelly, went on record to state that they were very thankful the case was able to be resolved uneventfully and that they were able to receive some semblance of closure, which, of course, is very important. The statement read, We have endured a tragedy of unspeakable proportion. We are relieved that justice has been done. While we will never forget our loved ones or the circumstances of their deaths, we hope to move forward and begin the healing process. Sam Mm. is currently serving a life sentence in Red Onion State Prison in Pound, Virginia. I... I don't know. I, I, obviously <laughs> this is a horrible case, horrible case. And yeah. 
part of this brings it back to listen not everyone that's bullied becomes a serial killer a serial right? killer yeah you know and and people deal with bullying and people deal with insecurity i think in a ton of different ways i mean there's just a, a spectrum of it all and most people don't end up becoming serial killers and most people end up being bullied right so i think that those aren't necessarily directly correlated but I don't know, just like where they were describing it of how horrible because they were overweight and the red hair. You know, he obviously wasn't the type of guy who was able to handle his anger or emotions about these things and obviously yeah. did not handle it well. It's kind of just a sad case all around because he kind of lost his life too. To this, for sure. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. It, it's a it's a tragic, a gory case. We haven't done a lot of this kind of gore on the show lately, so... Just heartbreaking episode all around. But let us know what you guys thought of today's episode. You can hit us up at Jay Thrasher and at Carpe Darren across uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever the social medias exist. Um, yes, and hit us up in our Facebook group, which is called Shaken and Disturbed Podcast Fans. Or, of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can DM us because we get back to you each and every time. Darren, let's do some listener shout outs to kind of like balance out this rather tragic uh, episode. <laughs> let's do it. Our friend Amy in the Facebook group is catching up with our episodes and really wanted a B-Day shout out. She wrote, Darren and John, I have a huge favor. Thursday, February 3rd is my 45th birthday and it would be the best birthday present ever if I could get a shout out and hear it when I get to Shaken and Disturbed. I love you guys so, so much. Well, Amy... Happy, happy birthday. Five, my friend. Yes. Happy, happy, happy all around. That's exciting. That's a milestone. I feel like you got to celebrate on the zeros and the fives. I know? I agree with you. Um, And Amy, you should know that full disclosure, we are recording this on your birthday. So it's an even special. So it's true. We're sending you the true birthday. <laughs> right. Even though you're not hearing this until probably Sunday, Monday. That's fine. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So happy birthday, Amy. We also just want to give a listener shout out to our friend Joyce in our Facebook group who shared that, you know, she's not going through um, such a great time right now. She's had a lot of things going on in her life. Um, but I just thought we should give her a special little plug here. And we hope that things get better for you, Joyce. And we're sending you all of the love that we can. And Joyce, shout out to you for being open and knowing that our Facebook yeah. could hopefully lift your spirits in some sort of way. I think that's really positive. I'm not personally one to share if I'm Same. going through a hard time on stuff, especially in social media. So it's nice to see that you feel supported by this group and by us. And we just want to continue kind of that happening. So that's yeah. a really good thing. And we're obviously sending lots of love, Joyce. Absolutely. And I was just saying that on last week's listener shout outs, I think, or the week before that, where I was like, this Facebook group is just the nicest people. Like, you guys are really great. Well, have you supported our show on Patreon yet? Bonus videos, episodes, blogs, photos, you name it. It's all happening over there for as little as $5 a month. You can even save extra on that price if you subscribe annually. Darren, Patreon is where people are going to have fun. And we have some more fun stuff coming in the weeks ahead, so make sure you sign up if you've even been thinking about it or wavering on yes. it. Obviously, if you don't want to support us in that way, we would really <laughs> appreciate to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, that's we right. say it every week, but that's like the true gift to us because that really helps us get seen by a lot of other people, and we love hearing your direct feedback, so that is great to have that. We really appreciate any and all support, honestly. Absolutely, and um, we got to give a special shout out and a very special thanks to Megan who did uh, this week's research, who was very connected to it in a sense. Um, so if you're out in public and you think that you may be surrounded by a shaken and disturbed listener, now's your now's your time to identify yourselves. Darren, here we go. One, two, two. three. Thanks, thanks Megan. Megan. 
Thanks, you are the Smeakin. horrorcore to our life, man. We love you. You are That's fully right. horrorcore. Absolutely. There you go. All right, guys. Tune in this Thursday with a new NMR, or you can listen to us on Patreon every other week. There we go. Bye. Darren, see you next time. Bye. Bye.